You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle, the defensive end, if he's over, if he's not, he drives down the first man to his inside. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text the show at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside my buddy Tim live in Green Bay. We got Emilio down here in Redneckville, USA, the state of Tennessee. We're just going to hang out, talk a little Packers tonight, fellas. First round, first of all, let's go around the horn here real quick. Tim, how you doing, buddy? You got old man winter breathing down your neck, don't you, Bob? Yeah, man. Got felt that first little scratch in my throat today. Hopefully, uh, hopefully nothing serious. I think I'll be all right. But uh, doing good, man. It's uh, the weather. Weather definitely cracked up here, man. It's uh, <laughs> closer closer to winter than it is to fall. I'll tell you that. Heck yeah. I know me and Emilio down here in Tennessee. I'm sure you agree, Emilio. Tomorrow's supposed to be 79 up here. Is it going to be in the 80s down there? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's supposed to hit 81 down here. But that's what I was thinking. Brutal, Tim, because I was just outside all day today. 70 degrees, 15 mile an hour wind. It was I was working out in, the, just out in the sticks. I mean, it was a good time. I mean, we're at, let's see, 38 <laughs> right now. <laughs> So, yeah, about half, I guess, yeah. right? That's half why I'm wearing a T-shirt. Over. Tim's got the long sleeve on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's check in with the chat here. We got Josh Martin in the house. We got Zane. We got Boz, Eric Sutherland. A um, little bit of Sean Ryan talking here, kind of cool. Jake Shavink swinging through says, wow, the posse's alive and well six minutes before the stream. Pretty cool, man. They come they come out of the woodworks dude, as soon as we get within the 10-minute mark. It's great, too. Good conversation. You want the real entertainment. Forget the pod. Just hop in the chat about five minutes early. Gets out of control quick. Um, Eric Sutherland says, I see the Rams are tanking. They signed Wentz. 
<laughs> I like this too. Dennis Shook said, y'all got any more of those memberships scratching the neck? <laughs> those free memberships. Um, of course, United Bates says good evening, and then he gives five memberships. So hopefully you got one there, Dennis, uh, for sure. I like what Eric Sutherland said. He said, Dennis, I'd hook you up, but they don't take EBT. And that's the same reason I don't super chat. We always referred to EBT as Uncle Ep. That's what I was telling uh, Emilio as, as we were laughing at that for sure. Um, let's see here. There's something else that uh, we're going to go to the super chat here in a second. But uh, I like what Eric Sutherland said here. He said, Dennis, just so you know, Clayton has the wheel rigged. You want you you ain't winning nothing anyways, LOL. Listen, let me tell you something, Eric. This is this is the most secure wheel in U.S. history. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. All right, let's go to the Super Chat. Mr. Josh Martin, thank you for the Super Chat. He said, Jets, Jet fans realizing that paying Lazard, who's really a wide receiver number five when not with Aaron Rodgers, $13 million is a bad idea. Only if some fun, fan base – had told them not to. Hmm. I wonder what fan base that would have been. Did you guys watch the game last night? Either of you? I, I caught a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. I watched what, the whole thing. Did you? What did you think, Emilio? What What was your takeaway? For I know it isn't a Jets podcast or a Chargers podcast, but we get the Chargers coming up. So yeah, yeah. What 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 did you come away with in that game? Honestly, the Chargers didn't look as like as elite as I thought they were gonna. Uh, Bosa, they made some plays. You know, it was kind of a timer thing for for Zach Wilson too there. Um, but if they kept feeding the the ball to Bryce Hall, I, I think they would have been in better shape. Um, the what really happened was like the the Jets team they just could not get themselves. They were like three for fourteen on third downs. So as long as we keep that up, you know we got to be able to convert. The Chargers defense didn't seem that stout, and I think they were like the worst passing defense in the league. So that's we have a shot there. It's not like they're they're that bad or they're that good, but. Um, we just need to not play that bad, really. Uh, but, man, with the Jets, Lazard, he, a couple of them hit him right in the hands. Like, he was just a second early closing on it. Little things like that. It's either the timing's off or it's just not clicking. And it seemed like they were getting every call um, going on the Jets, honestly. Uh, but Yeah, and I think Zach Wilson fumbled three times, if I, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. I heard somebody say, that's his third fumble of the night. I could hear it in the background. I'm like, well, it's the same old Jets. I ain't missing none here. Like, Herbstack and everything. It was, it was brutal. But, but again, that's where the that's where the O-line came come into play. Like, Billy Turner started, and they were they were basically leaving him on an island against Bosa. Not that, like, he got smoked all night, but it's – why are we going – and they went five wide, which I love. You know, we love that. But if we have – if we're going up against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, like, we got to decide what we're going to – who we're going to actually block here, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, man. And again, Josh Martin, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. They definitely overpaid for Lazard. There's no doubt about it. I like Lazard. I think he was valuable to the team, but uh, not definitely not for that kind of price tag, right? They overpaid because that was Roger, one of Rodgers' guys. And like you said, without Rodgers, he's not the same player. I don't think anybody is, you know, without arguably one of the best. I want to read this on the ticker at the bottom real quick, though. Emilio gave his midseason review of the Buffalo Wild Wings experience. Quote, this is exactly what he said too, guys, offline. This is exactly what Emilio said. Quote, I spend too much damn money to sit in a wooden chair watching this team lose on a 30-inch TV from 20 feet away. I'm telling you, he had us crying in here. That was brutal, man. <laughs> but we got to win, man. It's I know. Be- well, that's it. That's it. I had to switch it up. That's why I didn't show up to Buffalo Wild Wings this week, and it actually worked out. See, I was there when they beat the Saints. That was birthday weekend. It was a good deal. After that, just – what did we lose six? We haven't won in six weeks, something like that. 
Guys, felt like 16. Month, month and a half we haven't won. How's that feel? Like it, the taste in our mouths was just burning. <laughs> yeah, for me too. I'm I'm going to keep this beard until the Packers lose again. All right. So I'll probably be clean shaven here in yeah. a week. But still, I thought, hey, let's let's try something, right? Familiar's no longer going to beat up. So I like that. Anyway, uh, Robert Allen in the chat said, if you're disappointed in love, uh, just watch Zach Wilson's Jets defense is the real deal. Yeah, they, they do have a solid defense. Over there. And, and like we keep talking about, they're stout up front, right? It's absolutely huge in the National Football League. So what we're going to hit on tonight is we're going to kind of talk some team statistics and uh, just take, you know, it's almost a mid-season review, if you will. You know, we've looked at PFF extensively. We're going to continue to do that. But some people don't like PFF, right? And they go, oh, PFF isn't everything. I got you. We're going to look at some of the team stats, all right? And the stats that I feel like are most important, you can disagree. It's totally cool. You know, I know a lot of people put a lot of uh, a lot of stock in like DVOA and things like that. And who am I to say that, you know, you shouldn't. Right. These are the stats that I use when I, when I am putting action on the game. Um, these are the things that I look at to get a good feel for each team. Right. You can only play the team in front of you, first of all. That's that's the big thing that I like about just straightforward stats rather than. Well, we adjusted it for this and adjusted it for that. If you're going to go to that extent, in my opinion, now you've got to go back to get a true reading and go, okay, what did they do the last four games? What did they do the last two games? Rather than what if they played a couple cupcakes early in the year? What if they played a, a juggernaut early in the year, right, and got boat raced, and that's factored into the DVOA? It's just – to me, there's just too many moving parts there. But with that being said, let's talk about offense points per game, all right? So we're going to start offense, and I think the strength will be the defense. We'll, we'll talk about it here in a second. But offensive points per game, the Green Bay Packers right now sit 20th in the league at 20 points, okay? Um, obviously, the last three – they're averaging 15.7 points per game, okay? So the last three have been down a little bit. And then on the road, they're scoring 23 points per game. Um, in 2022, to put this into perspective, we were only scoring 1.8 points more per game in 2022 as opposed to 2023. So you can see we're right behind Chicago at 20.9, not very far uh, you know, out of the top 15, really, when you're talking about you know, 1.7 points to be in the top 15, but that is your offensive points per game. As far as offensive points per play, the, this is a stat that I put a whole lot of stock in, right? This is, you know, how many points do you score per play and break it down, divide it out. This is what you come up with. The Packers are 16th at 0.334, okay? In the last three, only 0.246, okay? Um, and when you look at 2022, they were 0.352 in uh, team points per play, so down a little bit from last year in points per play. So when you look at the points per game, you go, okay, well, they're, they're down just a touch there, down a little bit more here. You can see kind of the stars aligning. Offensive yards per play is another stat I put a lot of stock into. Uh, not as much as points per play, though, okay? Don't get me wrong. But yards per play, Green Bay is sitting 21st at five yards per play. Put that into perspective, comparatively speaking, to 2022, they have 5.5 yards per play. In the last three, they're they're uh, they're they're grabbing 5.2 yards per play. So, with that being said, Tim, all those statistics—if you need those charts pulled back up, let me know. I'll go back to offensive points per game right here, and you just rattle them off what you need. But what sticks out to you there, man? Um, anything come to mind? Do you feel like that's what we're seeing on the field? Do you think those numbers are skewed? Talk to me. No, it looks pretty accurate. It just kind of pains me to see that every other team in our division is higher up on the list than we are. Um, but 
you know, we're splitting hairs here, but, you know, hanging around that, that, uh, top 20, um, is good, you know, kind of middle of the road, all things considered with what's gone, gone on this year so far. Um, this seems pretty accurate to me. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, for sure. Um, Adam Block says, and I've heard this a lot this year, Adam, so you're not the only one. Scoring is down this year, is it not? Miami against the Broncos was an outlier. Yeah, okay, so let's look at that. You look at Miami, 31.7 points uh, per game as opposed to only 23.8. Let's let's cross them off because, like you said, the, the, the Denver game could be a big outlier, right? Philadelphia, last year they were uh, scoring 29.1 points per game, this year 28, so down just a touch, right? Down about a point per game. Dallas – Last year, 26.8. This year, 27.5. Last year, San Francisco, 25.9. San Francisco, 27.3. So you see teams, what, two or teams three and four are actually scoring more points this year than they did last year. So I I don't want to say that theory is bunk, but I think it's, it's definitely being overstated too much this year. Anytime you try to make a point and say, hey, this team's doing well in this regard, they go, oh, but points are down this year. It's like, come on. Like, and that's the thing too, you're ranking these, right? You can only rank by the current year, you know, how your team's doing against the rest of the league. That's all that matters. To me, it doesn't matter what happened in the past, what might happen in the future, what's going on this year. So, uh, Emilio, but Adam, thank you for the for the comment there, buddy. I, I know I've heard that too, man. For me, I don't think it's as big a deal as most people are saying. But Emilio, what sticks out to you here, man? Do you feel like that's on par? Yeah, I think that I think that's on par. Uh, like Tim was saying, sucks out, you know, we're we're below. Chicago, but what really sticks out is we were last three, we were 15.7 points a game. That's not going to get it done. You know, it, it's really not. Um, we finally got a first half touchdown, all that stuff. So I don't think that it's out of line where, where the numbers are at. I think it's 100% what our team looks like. I think that we're, we'd be happy if we were 19, you know, in the, in the, the top 20, I mean, we, you know, instead of right on the outskirts, but um it's all right. I'll take it for now. We're getting there. We're building blocks. Yeah, and you know another thing too is we kind of feel like at least the 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 narrative seems to be built that this last game was an outlier for us, right? Like, oh, we normally don't score. No, we scored twenty points, and that's what we're averaging on the year, right? Twenty points per game. So it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty and, spot and, on. And what also hurts is the home number, like seventeen points per at home. That's tough. You know, that's tough to see especially being at Lambeau, especially being at our home field advantage. We got to do something with that. Now that the, you know, the weather's getting colder, we got to live up to it. Absolutely. Adam Block said, yeah, I feel like I keep hearing it, but I haven't personally noticed. I just know Packers were losing for a month. Ha ha. Yeah. We all knew that, didn't we, buddy? We got reminded of that on, on the old Twitter bird every single day. My goodness. Um, yeah. Appreciate the kind words for Jacob there. Yeah. Like, like I said, I don't want to go into all the details, but I just lost a good buddy and he's trying to, trying to take care of things like that. And, um, and uh, obviously was close to his friend's family and all that stuff. So Jacob would be good. Um, just trying to keep communication with him and all that good stuff. So you see him on Twitter, you know, give him a shout out and uh, encourage him all that good stuff. He'll be back soon though. I can't wait, man. Jacob's mm-hmm. my, that's my boy right there. That's working on a conspiracy. I'm sure he's been digging oh, back there. Been yeah, grinding. That's, it that's out. exactly what, none of that's true. He's just back there looking for the <laughs> <laughs> right. Um Got Carly Ray in the house. Says, "Hey, Posse, what's up, Carly?" Um, let's see here. Chad Robert, had me dying earlier. What's that? Rob, Rob, Robert Allen had me dying earlier. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He was. 
He's cutting on me about the 30. He said it's a 32 at Buffalo Wild Wings, not a 30 inch. That's <laughs> and then Eric tells me that he's, I mean, he's only got 2,800 people in his town, so they don't even have a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. That was us growing up back home, man. They yeah. didn't have nothing like that. You kidding me? Uh, barely had running water. Robert Allen in the chat says power rankings for a few of the pundits have pit in the top 10. Oh, that's interesting. I will say this, their offensive struggle, well, specifically, you know, Kenny Pickett struggled. So, you know, these people that, that think that, that we're just going to get absolutely boat raced by Pittsburgh got, you know, I'm kind of like, look, I, I, if I had to put money on it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on the Packers to win, but I think it's going to be a closer game than some people think. I really do. I think we're going to be able to hold our own for sure. Um, let's see what else we got here. Josh Martin with the super chat says in training camp, love was overthrowing on deep balls. Um, during the season, his deep balls have been underthrown. Why do you think the big change? I specifically remember this, Tim, that I don't know if you guys remember, but early in the season, I think it was still preseason. He said that the coaches said that they, they, co they coached him on, you need to get more air under those balls because he was overthrowing so much. He's getting plenty of air under them. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, uh, what do you think about that, Tim? You think there's anything to that? And did I imagine that? Do you remember that them saying that? They, they no, that 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 was the vibe. And I, I remember we talked about that, I believe, on one of the shows. And you know, we talked about you want to miss long, right? If you're gonna miss, miss long, don't miss short. Um, but in order to correct that on overthrows, yeah, put a little more air under it. My other theory is what I talked about last night. I've said it several times this past month is that he's not in rhythm and the ball's coming out late and timing affects accuracy, especially on a deep ball. Right. Um, so I think a lot of it's touch, um, but I, I don't think it's a big change. I think we're just kind of seeing the culmination of what, what that issue has always been since, I mean, even in college, you know, he had had some deep ball issues um, on, on film at, at, uh, at Utah state. So, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could point to one thing. Um, I think at this point it could be the yips and he's just thinking too much, maybe too now. And, and, you know, he's kind of, you know, maybe trying to, trying to push that ball or aim that ball in there instead of just, you know, cocking back and letting it fly, you know, trust yourself, trust that arm. Um, so, you know, he's got a, He's got to just trust his placement, and I think the the fine tuning of the touch on the deep throws will come. Um, but I think really it's a timing thing that's affecting it the most right now, from my perspective. Yeah, and for me, it's it's definitely timing, but there's also an effect of he's doing this little hop back there, right? Rather than planting that back foot and going. And, and I remember Armed and Dangerous, the uh, you know that Twitter account. I can't remember the name of his personal coach, but the the guy who owns that Twitter account actually. Um, is his personal quarterback coach. And he was talking about trying to get him to keep that back foot planted, right? Instead of lifting it up. And you'll notice he does this little hop, Emilio, right? And it's kind of like when he does let it go, I agree with Tim, the timing's off. He's late on the throw, but he's also kind of throwing flat footed because he's coming down on that little hop and trying to throw and he's losing that momentum. Listen, I'm not a quarterback guru, but when you, when you watch it and you see the underthrows, you definitely see that. If you watch the one overthrow that he had, Maybe not the only overthrow that it might have been the free play to Jaden Reed, right? The free play to Jaden Reed uh, last week, um, not the Rams game, but the week before the the Vikings. You seen he planted and he turned that thing loose. Now he overthrew Jaden by like seven yards, right? But uh, that's what I'm seeing mechanically. Do you agree with that, uh, Emilio and Josh Martin? Thank you so much for the super chat, bro. Yeah, and and to add to that, 
going back in the season, he was he was able to hit some deep balls. When I was in that Atlanta game in that first play, that first trick play to to take uh, Wicks, I think it was. Um, he overthrew that one. You know, it was long. Wicks yeah. got tackled, but it was long. I I honestly I think he's I think he's not. Or I think he's thinking too much. He's not playing free. He's not just letting it hum. You know, he's he's thinking. He's trying to analyze it way too much in in game. And I think he needs to kind of just play a little bit more free. And I mean, this was his best game of his career, right? You know, for yeah. for playing all four, you know, all four quarters and and coming out and showing. It was a great step in the right direction. But I think he just needs to let it fly. Like he just needs to kind of go back to you know, think a little less. And that's why I think that two minute um, and, and the, you know, the, the quick four minute works for him is there's a lot less thinking and it just bing, bang, boom, you know, who's open, throw it. If not, let's get out and start running. I really think he needs to start using his legs just a little bit more. Um, and then we can reel him back into the pocket if, if need be, but um, you know, he throws a pretty ball on the run, especially running to his left better than most quarterbacks. Right. That's definitely his strength, but just something about, that little hop back there that I don't know. And I think it was Mark Towser that said he noticed it too. So it was like when former players start mentioning it, it's kind of like it might've, might've been Mike Walt it was one of the, the former offensive linemen. So they, they kind of mm-hmm. picked up on it. Uh, Dr. Meekrob in the chat said, I blame loves footwork drop back, probably calming camp as opposed to games. Shoot. Wouldn't we all be right. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Um, well, that, that'll be a, if, you know, if he makes it through the year, that'll be an entire off season thing. They're going to hammer on one thing. And if he, if he does end up playing well and gets through the off season and he's our quarterback next year, if his footwork is the problem this whole year, that will get a hundred percent of the attention of his entire, you know, his entire crew that's working with him. Yeah, definitely. So turtles in the, uh, in the chat says putting air on the ball is situational. In my opinion, you got to sometimes just bullet that in before the safety comes in. Absolutely. You've seen a whole shot last week um, against the Vikings that he missed. We just put too much air under it, right? And then you've seen the whole shot on the opposite side late in the fourth quarter to Christian Watson on the right sideline, and he overthrew him, right? So, um, yeah, just uh, just tough, man. Kind of barely missing on some of those, but uh, that's the stuff that when we say that's an NFL throw, you know, every every NFL quarterback needs to be able to make those throws, right? Nose down. Aaron used to talk about all the time throwing the ball nose down. That thing will come in there where it's – I mean, it's literally coming in angled down but still moving forward, you know? Mm-hmm just so we can kind of get over top of that cloud and uh, and underneath the safety. Uh, United Bates, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate you. He said, Miami's last in the NFL for FG – I guess it's FGI attempts. Anybody anybody have any idea what that means, FGI? If you could uh, specify for us, United Bates, I'm not sure what you mean by – unless you're saying field goal attempts maybe it could be. Um, Bears, Lions, and Pack tied for second to last. Obviously, Miami in last for different reasons than us getting into range more often, okay, may help us in the W category. So I think he is talking about field goal attempts. That's interesting. Um, last in the NFL for field goal attempts, I think is what he's saying. So, yeah, you know, we haven't had very many field goal attempts, have we, guys? I mean, when you think about it, Tim, am, am I am I thinking wrong? It seems like we've only had, like, what, eight maybe? No, when yeah. you keep getting penalized on third and fourth down, <laughs> backing yourself up, that, right. ten, that tends to happen even when you got a kid who can hit from 60-plus. Um, you know, there've been numerous times that we've seen that the past, uh, yeah, six to seven weeks here, realistically, where, you know, we're knocking on the door where we can come away with at least three and we're getting none because we end up punting. So, um, I I agree. I think Bates has a good point. You know, if we get ourselves in a range 
a little more often and we can get those and he's knocking these kicks through with regularity and, and he's being consistent. You know, he's had a couple misses here recently. Um, but yeah, you're talking three, six, nine extra points per game um, on the leg of your, your rookie kicker. Um, that's going to help us. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not a sports better. I don't care about point spreads. I don't care how much we win by, I care that we win. And uh, we all know, Every point counts, man. And, um, you know, sometimes you got to take the points. Well, you can't take them if you're not in range. So uh, I think Bates is spot on with that. Mm -hmm. And how many games, too, Emilio, that that we lost this year by two points or less, right? I mean, it was – Well, that's it, Clayton, because half the time Matt will get to, like, the 35. Matt's like, oh, let's run out there and try to do a fake count. All right, let's just take the delay game, and then we'll punt it in. It's like, dude, what are we doing? Right. Can we not just run the field goal out and just let them kick it? Yeah. Honestly, the rookie needs more. If every if all the rookies are getting these reps, why can't Anders Carlson? I mean, we got Daniel Whelan enough reps for two years already punting the ball. Like, can we just can we not get a couple of field goal snaps in here? I right. think the I think when it comes to that, you know, Clayton brought this up once before and it it really struck a chord. It's true. You know, they evaluate the kicking game game by game, you know. So any given Sunday, there could be a reason why, you know, mm-hmm. 58 yarder, we're not going to send him out for it. But then next week we might send him out for the 58 yarder. It all depends on how he's feeling, you know, yeah, how the wind's blowing. If there's wind, you know, he was kicking a wet ball in a wet field on Sunday. So right. um, that's a great point. Yeah. It's just, you know, and that's not an excuse. You still got to, you still got to knock those down. Um you know, you're expected to kick in all conditions at this level. So I think with, you know, time and experience, he'll he'll iron that out. Um, well, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. You know why, Clayton? You know why? he's Because he, you know what he's got to do? What's he got to do, man? Talk to me. What he's, what he's really got to do is when he steps into the kick and kicks through it. Mm-hmm. And I'll kick the bloody piss out of it. <laughs> you just got to kick the bloody piss Thank out of you. That's it. That you know, that's all, there's something going on on the left side of that line on a couple of these field goals. Oh, yeah. And, and it's it's a little too close for comfort, if you know what I'm saying. And and Carly, Carly Ray pointed it out on Twitter, Tim. Yeah. Did you see that? Spot on. Spot yeah. on. And that, I don't care who you are, unless you're like, you know, veteran, veteran level experienced kicker, that affects you, man. Right. I know it's affecting him, uh, especially coming from that side. Um, as a right-footed kicker. so um... Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. 
Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, man. Hopefully they can shore that up. Special teams unit on these on these field goals has got to tighten up for sure. I'm trying not to laugh over here, but every show we go off on a little side trail, not expect who the hell thought we would be talking about field goal kicks. <laughs> That's the, the hey, Bates, Bates got his super chat worth for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? It's a great point. And you right. know what he said about Miami's last in, in the NFL and field goal attempts. Uh, I heard Michael Lombardi talking earlier today on on their pod, the the GM Shuffle, and he said a lot of people are overlooking something right now. Miami's offense has cooled down, and their defense is starting to catch up, meaning Vic Fangio starting to have his effect on that defense, right? But also their points, you know, their points score starting to go down, and it, you know it just hit me while you were talking about it, and because United Bates mentioned Miami and the field goal attempts, you look at the top, yeah, they're leading in in, uh, in points per game at thirty one point seven. Look at their last three. Right. 20.7. Look at their last one, 14. So they are, man, they're trending down uh, pretty heavy there. Now at home, 43.5, it's obvious we could tell where the Denver game was played, right? But uh, anyway, um, good stuff, United Base. Thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate it. Um, Carly Ray in the chat said she noticed a little hop there with uh, with Jordan, too. Like I said, there were several people mentioning it. Uh, it definitely uh, caught my eye. And, again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, uh, like I'm a uh, – a quarterback guru, and as Garrison pointed out here in the chat, Garrison Anderson, good to see you in here, buddy. Said Steve Calhoun is his personal quarterback coach, so that's exactly right. That was the right. name I was trying to I mean, remember. So, because each quarterback has their own thing, sometimes they'll tap it twice, sometimes they'll you know double shake the ball, whatever their little twitch is. You know, when you when I play the cross, like you'd catch the ball and like just do like a quick little cradle, like it's just like a little knee jerk reaction that you kind of just do. And if it's a habit that's a problem, then then they need to work that out of them. If he can live with that and still make the throws, then we're all right. But as of right now, that hop ain't working. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My favorite release and, and delivery, too. You know, everybody's – Everything. Peyton, yeah. Peyton Manning, would that ball would just stay back here from yep. the whole time. Aaron, Aaron started like that, too. Remember, he would cradle it high? That was yeah. at, at Tefford or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and they got uh, him away from that, yeah. and then he started – 
throwing laser beams. So yeah, right. very true. But you know, it works for Peyton Manning. So it, what works for one doesn't work for all. It's it's never a one size fits all approach. Um, that right. But uh, yeah, Jordan, uh, he's he's gonna come along. I I think we'll see improvement. You know, I really do. We saw a little bit on Sunday. Hopefully, we keep trending in this direction. Yeah, I just want to see him hit on one of those deep ones, man. Mm-hmm. Just one time, man. Just put it in stride. Right? Yeah, throw that ball to that back pylon and let our let our guys go get it, man. Instead of having to turn around and play cornerback, you know. Especially with Christian Watson out there, man. Try to overthrow him. Try to, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But get on the whole shot. That's a little bit different. I'm talking 45, 50 yards down the field. Load that thing up and turn it loose. Um, Mike Hebring, thank you for the super chat, buddy. He said, "Who knew?" 12 was only worth 1.8 points per game. <laughs> he always comes in with the hottest takes. I love it. Um, Mike, are we forgetting something? Do you, do you want to add the detail in there? Do you want me to mention it? Because he was playing with the, the broken thumb too. But you know, anyway, for what it's worth. But, hey, it, it is kind of uh, – I don't know if it's encouraging or not that there's only a 1.8 point difference between you know what I mean? The fact that he had a broken thumb. Um yeah. I maybe I put too much into that, but no, yeah. I don't think you do at all. I think it's important that you mention that. A broken thumb on your throwing hand. Right. Look at look at Stafford. Stafford didn't even have a tear or a break. Yep. And you know, they just took another quarterback. Like they're they're babying him through this to see if he can go. I mean, think about gripping a ball. Mm-hmm. You know, Bro, Brett, Brett played with a with a bad thumb, bad fingers. Uh, Aaron has done it. You know, that's what separates good from great, right? The great right. ones find a way to make right. it work. You know, I mean, we've all heard Ronnie Lott taking off a piece of his finger just to keep playing. <laughs> you know, so oh, you know whatever it takes. So I mean, and that's not a knock on Stafford at all. I mean, the, these medical professionals know what they're looking at. There's a reason that he didn't play against us. And there's a reason they just grabbed another quarterback. Um, you know, that's serious for, I mean, that's what you do. You throw the ball. Right. I could see if he broke his thumb on his non-throwing hand <laughs> and people were wanted to talk a little bit, you know. That's right. why Fields isn't playing right now, right? Because he can't grip a ball. You need a thumb to grip a ball. Same I mean, thing. same thing, yeah. That's your one point of contact on the back side of the ball. Literally yeah. your one point of contact on the other side of the ball. You have four on the other side. And all the tape and, you know, p- trying to put a brace or, a, or um, you know, something, a splint or whatever, that's not – that ain't, that ain't going to help much. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you saw Aaron gritting, gritting out last year with what looked like two pieces of tape in a, in a triangle around, yeah. his, around his thumb because mm-hmm. he probably didn't want a lot on there. And, you know, so – And how so. awkward that is, too, because watching that game last night, Kenny Pickett's got that uh, – his middle finger, his index finger. I mean, the whole thing's just – he's, like, running around with his hand up like this, like, just trying not to get a hit while he's in the pocket. It's like, you are yeah. – that well, that's brutal. But he's, Have fun dealing with Rashawn on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> I no doubt about it. But, Mike, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. Again, it's important. It's important to mention what you said there, man. You know, I, I don't agree that 12 was only worth 1.8 points, but um, when you talk about it comparatively speaking, what's sad too is we're scoring less points this year, and he counted for over 40 million against our cap. <laughs> so it's just a a bad look on Goody there. There's no two ways about it. But anyway, we're gonna keep it positive, man. We're coming off a win. You kidding me? Uh, let's see here. Garrison in the chat said says a lot about NFL fourth down tendencies. Now, if we could avoid quote, offsides penalties, man. I was so – 
I'm still encouraged by those quarterback sneaks. When I went back and watched them again, wasn't even close, dude. Like, I mean, they had it. They it was they were getting a yard, yard and a half on those QB sneaks. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to know that works for us if we can just keep our – and I did learn this, okay? You guys may have already known. I, again, I don't claim to know everything. Believe me, I'm I'm probably wrong way, way more often than I am right. But, you know, we talk about the neutral zone. The entire length of the football is the neutral zone, okay? So what I'm saying is if on the offensive side of the ball, you know, your center's hands here, right? Well, the rest of the offensive line, their heads, everything, hands, everything has to be behind the ball completely, right? So it's not the actual edge of the line of scrimmage. So good chance he was offsides. However, like people pointed out, the only reason they got called is point of emphasis. They weren't the only team doing that across the league. So now you'll see others start to to follow suit there. But let's change gears here. Let's get to the defense. Y'all good with that? Mm -hmm. All right. So – on the defensive side of the ball, same type of statistics, all right? We're going to go defense, points per game, all right? And, Emilio, if you have to hop off, dude, totally understand. I know you got stuff going on. Um, defense points per game. By the way, this is Emilio's uh, anniversary, and he's on here talking ball with us. I'd be damned if I'm going to get blamed for splitting up his relationship. So you It'll get be his last and- anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He, hey, he, he, he laid out the game plan. He got a good game plan. You're going to come to us live from the couch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I'm just going to go ahead and spill the beans. Emilio is part Mexican, part Italian. And he was laying out this game plan he had when we were offline. He was going, let me tell you, Clay, I got this. I got this set up. We're ready to go. Bada bing, bada boom, the whole nine yards, man. It was cracking me up. I felt like I was on an episode of The Sopranos over here. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I you were in Tennessee, big dog. All right. Defense, points per game. Looky here, looky here. Ooh. Mr. Joe Barry. Somebody's in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Not, that was so good, Tim. It sounded just like Happy Gilmore. That was money, man. Absolute money. All right. Number 10, Green Bay, 19.9 points per game. Some of you go are going, well, that's just because of the Rams game. In the last three games, 15.3 points per game, okay, is all they're allowing. And then uh, let's go to the home and away. Uh, at home, only allowing 19.5 points per game. To put that into perspective, that would slide them up into, uh, I don't know for sure where they'd rank. Most likely that would put them in the uh, around the eight spot at home. Um, and then away 20.3 points per game. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, now let's move down to opponents' points per play because who knows, man? Maybe, you know, maybe something specifically happened that benefited them, whatever, you know, that, that points, points per game is a little skewed. Points per play, they're eighth in the league at .303. Let me hop back real quick. Points per game, comparatively speaking, the last year, 21.8 points is what they were giving up last year. This year, only 19.9. So you see an improvement there. Uh, team opponent points per play. They are eighth at .303. Last year, .374. Another significant improvement there. And then defensive yards per play, uh, yards allowed per play, 4.9. Last year, they were 5.8. So somebody put some respect on Joe Barry and this defense's name. Immediately, people say, well, who have they played? Again, you can only play the team in front of you. All right? Let me do this on all of those lists. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, and that's and no, no divisional rivals anywhere near us on that on those lists either. So, yeah. little, yep. little, I like mm-hmm. that. 
You what know, I like is if you watch that Monday night game last night and you watch that Jets defense and you're telling me we're one behind them, like they balled out <laughs> yesterday. Like they their front four is unreal. Their linebackers play well. Their secondary is elite. Like it is – if our defense is one off from that, I'm hyped. It just doesn't visually come off like that. That's the thing is when we're watching the game on Sunday, we visually don't see a Jets defense. We don't see like – they're getting pressure with four. We're having a little bit more trouble, I would say, unless we can look into SIS on that, you know, maybe four, four man pressure, but um, you know, it's uh, I, that gets me excited that we're right there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And still missing people, Tim, like look at the people that we're missing week in and week out. Jair, I think we would all feel comfortable saying this is the first week Jair has been healthy. Rashawn Gary had been on a pitch count, like a snap count all year long, pretty much. Now he's back to full strength in, in that regard. Right. Um, look at Quay Walker missed the game. Before Quay Walker missed that game, look at how many games Devondre Campbell missed. Joe Barry has patched this thing together. I'm telling you, man, I think by the end of the year, we're going to still see, be somewhere around that top 10, even after playing some of these tough teams. I don't know, man. I, I, I've got a good feeling about it because when I watch the tape, I don't find myself going, oh, boy, we're going to get chewed up by somebody. I find myself going, if he doesn't blow that coverage, if he doesn't miss that tackle, we, they miss out on seven points, and we're real, we're winning this ball game. Like that's the way it always seems to me, Tim. I don't know, dude. I, maybe I'm being too optimistic. I, I know Zane well, Strong said Joe Barry the real MVP, and then number one Packer fans said fire Joe Barry anyway. Lol. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the the inside joke, right? Fire him right. anyway because the you know we'll just I'll go ahead and say it. I mean, the people that want to fire Joe Barry just they simply don't understand this defense and what this defense's objectives are. Um, you can happily go back on Packers Total Access and check out the breakdowns that Clayton has done hundreds of times on what we're trying to do defensively. And uh, once you have a better understanding of that and you see these numbers and you see the execution out there, yeah, you have to, man. You got to tip your hat uh, to, to Joe Barry because we haven't had a consistent lineup defensively and it's been a lot of plug and play. Um, with veterans and with uh, first and second year players. And, um, you know, to his credit, I think uh, he's worked with the staff to put the best lineup out there that we possibly can every week, even with late scratches or, you know, the freak uh, injuries that happen. Um, Quay, Quay Walker with the groin injury was a little uh, unexpected. And I know at least it threw me for a loop, uh, him popping up and missing a game. But look at Zay McDuffie, step up. And, you know, Devondre Campbell, man, what can we say? That's that's what he's here to do, man. Be, be yeah. that veteran presence in the middle. Uh, green dot when we need you. Uh, even if we don't, you can be out there with Quay. And we know that you're 100% responsible for your assignment. And probably a lot of other guys, too. Uh, um, you know, he's good at making sure guys are in their proper alignment and things pre-snap. So having guys, you know, like Devondre Campbell obviously helps. But, yeah, man, I – once I understood the quarters concepts and I, and I understood, you know, what, what the mission is for this type of a defense, you know, I immediately just took a step back from all this, this Joe Barry hate and nonsense. And you understand that there is a method to the madness. As a matter of fact, um, the tipped ball that Jair had for the uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. Interception was Jair leaving his quarter. Yeah. And and going and making a play. But but if you if you watch, he did it in a way where he knew he wasn't going to be create a liability. 
Right. You know, he he knew where that receiver was going that he was leaving, and he knew there was help to that part of the field. Yep. And so he went to make a play on the ball, and that's, that's what playmakers do, right? And there's plenty of room for playmakers in this type of a defense. So, uh, you know, yeah, put some spec on that name, man, when you talk about <laughs> my defensive coordinator, right? Put some spec on it. The cool, cool part of that play, if you guys haven't got a chance to go check it out on Chalk Talk, I broke it down. They were in a half-quarter quarter, okay, which basically they're showing quarters with two on the shelf. But what it essentially was was on Jair's side was a cover two. So Jair was kind of playing that cloud zone, right, playing playing a curl cloud zone type underneath. And he just made the decision, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after this, right? And like Tim said, there was no risk involved there because everything was going to stay in front of him, right? Um, and, of course, you had, as safety, you had Anthony Johnson Jr. playing half. What I mean by half, quarter, quarter, you literally had um, Jair playing underneath kind of that curl zone, right? You know, five to seven yard zone. Probably had flat responsibility, but chose to ignore it to go back on that little corner route and get and get the, uh, the hand on the ball, tip it. Anthony Johnson Jr. was responsible for deep half on the other side of the field, opposite the play. It's probably the most electric play we've seen on Sunday, right on defense, right? My favorite part of that play was on the opposite side of the field in what happened between Carrington Valentine and Jonathan Owens. If you guys get a chance, go check it out. Last second, Carrington realizes they've only got one receiver over there, one tied in. He looks at Jonathan Owens, gives him a little signal, and I think what he told Jonathan Owens is, if this number one, talking about the one receiver on his side, number one, if he goes deep, I'll carry him deep. You bite aggressive on anything underneath. So he bracketed him off. It was Puka Nakua. He's covering deep. It allowed Jonathan Owens with that communication to bite down when Puka ran the in route. And you can see as soon as Jonathan Owens kind of doesn't doesn't completely commit to the quarter's coverage, so it's almost like he's playing a spinner look with yep. with uh, Carrington Valentine playing the deep, you know, the deep side. It really wouldn't have been a deep half. It should have been a deep quarter. But just that little adjustment, you can see ripping – look that way. You can see the stripe on his helmet, and then he immediately comes back to the left. When he comes left, Jair's playing soft. By the time he turns it loose, Jair's reading him like a book, breaks on it, tips it, picked off by Anthony Johnson Jr. That play by play call by Joe Barry, if I remember correctly, that might have been the TT stunt too. I'm not 100% sure. There was one play that ran a TT. But anyway, just giving them the freedom. How many times did we hear last year that everybody's blaming Joe Barry for how far they're playing off the ball, right? And then Jair came out and said, no, they're trying to get me to play closer. But, you know, basically they have the freedom to line up where they want to line up. We've heard that over and over and over. That's what they're talking about. We don't hear the same criticism when we're man press and getting roasted over the top, though, which is crazy to me. It's just fire Joe Barry. (laughs) That's all you hear, fire Joe Barry. But it's it's important to to hit on the details. And um, I think you're right on that, Clayton. I think this must be like, uh, you know, lockdown or I got him, you know, padlock i'm i'm with this man i'm with i'm gonna stay with my guy uh mm-hmm. giving you that freedom and there's pre-snap communication right there you're absolutely right because jo being able to do that is what took away the mm-hmm. middle of the field on that play basically so cool. fo- forcing him to have to go that way seeing a seventh round pick do that man right right hey valentine is like the Jaden reed of the defense like yeah. he's not playing like a rookie like a right. typical oh, that's it. I was listening to another pod earlier today, and they were – I'm pretty sure it was Valentine, but they were saying that when he was on the sideline and they were calling the defensive plays, he still walked through what his process would be each time to get him through to that so that 
when he stepped out on the field, he knew what was going on. You know, he hammered it. He played like a more of a vet than a seventh round pick. And the kid's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, when you got everybody in front of you, that gets picked before you. You're out there to show him who's up. Like Puka Nakua, who else got picked before him? How's he playing? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And uh, with Carrington, again, we we got asked on the pod either yesterday or the day before, how did Carrington drop to the seventh round? Because he was playing this style of defense in college, and you you when you don't when you don't when you have a corner that's not following the number one receiver, they don't get a whole lot of shine, right? Yeah. So you've really got to show up and show out at the combine to get yourself more noticed. Because it may have been a situation where they just didn't throw to his side of the field because they were in quarters coverage, right? right. The same reason that the interceptions have gone down for Green Bay because these these quarterbacks aren't taking as many shots down the field because we're trying to limit the explosive plays and we're showing two on the shelf consistently. So that's uh see you buddy. Appreciate you, Emilio. Um he's gonna go in there and try to save that relationship real quick, Tim. And I don't blame him one bit. Now we can talk bad about him. Uh Carly Ray oh, said, I'm Mexican at heart, Emilio. Can you say that? Can you speak with a Spanish accent, Tim? Or no? Uh, not not with any accuracy, no. All right. Well, she says, I'm Mexican at heart, Emilio. Americana de sangre. Mexicana de Corazon, maybe? Cor- Corazon. Corazon. Well, listen, we sound like a couple couple white trashes out no, here. Yeah, a couple idiots right now. <laughs> <laughs> idiot. Uh, idiot. <laughs> Garrison in the chat said, Slayton, Brooks, Wyatt, and Wooden stepped up big when Kenny went out. Slayton's pressure on the botch snap. Uh, fumble was big. You know, I didn't even call that out, Garrison, on the botch snap. Um, I just I keyed in on Jonathan Owen stripping the ball from ripping when he got it back, right? stripping from ripping. I don't mean to rhyme. I do it all the time. But and also Devondre Campbell being you know hustling on the play and recovering the fumble. But that's that's awesome that that Slayton was back there too, man. That's great for sure. Um, I, I really like Slayton. I think he's a solid defensive lineman. He's really coming to his own. So uh, Josh Martin says uh, Joe Barry is the Packers MVP. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want to I don't want to overstate it. But I'm just saying, you know, let's – I'm not even saying, hey, let's give him a bunch of credit. I'm just saying, can we just stop with all the slander for a second? Like, he's got this defense in position. Um, the Jets' D is legit. It's what Dr. Meekrop said, absolutely. Um, Carly pointed this out earlier, Tim. She's climbed into the top five in her fantasy league. Wow. Nice. Uh, I'm actually good at it. No, it does. It does. Because nice. you were in the tank, right? You were in the tank earlier and crawled out of it. That's freaking awesome for sure. Hopefully my buddy Jay's giving you some advice. I don't know. He might he might be the reason you were in the tank for a little bit. You probably just stopped listening to him. But he loves <laughs> I turned her on to a, a buddy of mine that uh, that that's I, who I would go to for fantasy information for sure. But uh, nice. I'm not a big fantasy football guy. Um, I like this right here. So we could talk about Emilio when he's out of here. Dennis Shook says Emilio's taking his wife to the finest Buffalo Wild Wings in Tri County area. Laughing emoji. <laughs> Oh, man. Here, man. Absolutely ruthless. Let's do this. Let's hit on a little Josh Myers and we'll get out of here, Tim. You, your throat holding up okay, bro? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm doing okay. There, what else can we say about Josh, right? Let's, yeah, that wasn't it. convincing, though, Tim. I'm <laughs> doing okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> been a lot of talk about Josh Myers. Been getting a lot of emails, a lot of messages, all that. Um, obviously, you go on Twitter, it's a hot-button topic. Some people seem to think he's playing great. Others think he's a horrible center. Um some people point out he's a good pass blocker. He's a horrible run blocker. Um, me, it's just – it's a position that's so important. You want that to be one of the stable points of your offense, right? And and I feel like it's one of the reasons, one of the several reasons that the team has struggled early in the year. Jordan Love's a big reason why they struggle early in the year. 
Love that game he put together against the Rams. I, I want to see that continue to carry over. But when it comes to Josh Myers, when you look it up on PFF, what's crazy, Tim, it goes hand-in-hand hand with these numbers I'm about to show you all. And the reason I didn't go to PFF is because, obviously, we've we've beat it like a dead horse. I think he's 12th in run blocking grade amongst centers in PFF with the minimum snap requirements. And he's something like in the 30s, 35 or 36 in pass – or I'm sorry uh, – He's 12th in pass blocking, like 30 in the 30 to 35 range in run blocking, right? And that's what we've seen all year long. That's why his overall grade is so low. Well, we went to SIS, okay? And what we pulled up was blown block percentage, okay? So we did a minimum of 50 snaps so we could filter out some of the some of the stuff that's just going to skew the numbers a little bit, right? We want to get a, a realistic look at this. So what we did was all snaps – Every single snap, both pass blocking and run blocking, okay? Blown block percentage. This is what we've got. Josh Myers comes in 16th in blown block percentage. Basically, of all pass blocking and run blocking combined, he blows 1.9% of his blocks, okay? 16th in the league. When you go to blown block percentage in pass blocking, he's 11th. Okay, so he's borderline top 10 pass blocking center. All right. And then when you go to run blocking, this is the bad one. 33rd, he uh, has a 3.4% blown run blocking uh, statistic amongst all centers. That puts him, like I said, in the 33rd spot. So to me, those numbers are spot on. Again, going back to every snap right here, he's, he's right there around the uh, 16 mark. Now, the question is, do you think that's good enough, right? Some people say, oh, well, that's starting caliber. Overall, technically, yes. Um, you're you're starting to creep into the bottom half of the league, though, of starters, right? But on top of that, Tim, the big thing for me is it's such an important position, right, that you need a top 10 center. You, I would love to have a top five center. I don't think anybody wouldn't love to have that. But to just poo-poo it and say, oh, it's not a big deal. He's a good pass blocker. Is just mind-boggling to me because, like we pointed out, 33rd, that means he's not even starting caliber center at run blocking according to how many blocks he has blown this year. And on top of that, it's a second-round pick, Tim. So um, what do you think about Josh Myers? What's your take? I'm going to go comb through the chat, see if anybody's got any comments on Myers. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but what do you think, Tim? I don't think you're being harsh at all. And, and you know, Josh is one of those guys I, I'm not sure – why he wasn't moved to guard or something, or I, I, I don't know how, quite how he ended up being our, our starting center um, through all of this. Um, you know, and I think this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We'd have to get Jake Shavink's take on this because I, I, I believe Jake has said before that he's in agreement with me when I say we need to take O-line in the first round uh, in this draft if we can. I wonder what what type of centers uh, we're seeing in this draft, um, or you know, 
guards or tackles that can be converted to centers in this draft. I don't, I don't know. Um, is this something that we can fix in the draft? Cause I think long-term plan, it can't possibly be to just stick with the underwhelming performances that we're getting. Um, right. And I think it's fair. I think it's fair to, to drag Josh Myers a little bit, but it's also fair to keep it real. And, you know, there are some things that he does consistently well. And, um, you know, he's not a complete dumpster fire, but there's better play at that position across the board on a a lot of these teams that are competing in this league. And uh, we center is a piece that we need to step up. Like you said, it's one of the most important uh, besides left tackle and uh, and quarterback, right on a, on an offense. So um, yeah, man, I I don't know. We'll we'll get Jake's take on that though for sure. I wonder mm-hmm. wonder what's going on with the centers in the the twenty twenty four draft. Definitely, Dennis Shook in the chat says the fact of the matter is you draft you drafted Josh over Creed Humphreys, and and the people that defend Josh Myers they they hate hearing that, but it's a fact. It's the truth. You had a higher draft grade on Josh Myers than you did Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey is a better center. There's no two ways about it. Some people like to talk about how Creed's overrated. I don't see it personally. I look at the statistics, look at the numbers. Is he the best center in the game? No. But Josh Myers has been significantly worse than Creed Humphrey since day one and continues to be. Uh, Mike Wall right here, uh, Robert Allen says, Mike Wall says, average NFL center, we're used to elite center play. It's exactly what he told me when we had him on the show. He said, listen, Clayton, I never eat, but listen, Clayton, Josh Myers, Josh Myers is an average NFL offensive lineman. That's what he said. And now the question is, if a former 11-year vet in the NFL, I know some people don't like to hear that. They think it, well, just because you played don't mean you know football. Okay, you keep telling yourself that. Um, but when someone who played 11 years at offensive line, more specifically interior offensive line um, in the NFL says, that someone is average, I, I can't imagine anyone in here would be okay with us spending a second-round pick on an average player in their third year, right? So where does the bias lie? Look, I hope he turns it around, just like I said about Savage the last two years, and here we are. Yeah, right? how, long, how long are we going to wait for that to happen, right? As long as it takes to not be able to criticize Brian Gutekunst. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, Tim. Listen, I, I would much rather be – talking about how great Brian Gutekunst is, right? And I don't think he's a bad GM. I don't. But there's some people that think he's the worst GM, and there's others that you can comb through their timeline, and you will never find one single criticism of Brian Gutekunst. You won't. Um, and that's that's the problem, the biggest thing. Everybody gets dug in on their argument, and then it's they're going to run victory laps when they get one little bitty you know, piece of information that suggests they're right and other people are wrong. I just want the Packers to be good. I'm not going to bury my head in the sand and pretend like a weakness is a strength just because I made a stupid comment in the past and my ego is so out of whack that I don't want to admit that I was wrong. I've said it a thousand times. I'm married. I'm wrong all the time. I promise you. Um, Clint in the chat says, yeah, Myers will always be compared to Humphrey. It's the new Kevin King versus Watt. Unfortunate, but Myers hasn't lived up to the pick value. I think that's a fair statement there. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, Dead Fish asks, where was Creed Humphrey? And I think someone uh, actually mentioned it. Yeah, right here. Clint says, literally, the next pick, and he was. So they uh, yeah. that the Chiefs had a higher grade on Creed Humphrey than they did Josh Myers. It's very seldom you'll have the same grade on him. But what was that, Tim? You see Carly Ray in the chat? Mm-mm. 
Hmm, I've never yeah. seen a partial dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, be a comment of the night, right? There. She got me. She got me. That's true. Yeah. I'm just, I, hey, I'm trying to be somewhat positive. I don't want to rag on on Josh too much, um, especially since I wouldn't last 41 seconds trying to play center in the NFL. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I guess Carly's right. There's no such thing as a partial dumpster fire. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. It's definitely a good point. Um, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what Mike Hebring has to say about this topic. Your center needs to be a top run blocker. Your guards need to be good run and good pass blockers. Your tackles need to be good pass blockers. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty well said. I think that's the ideal scenario, Mike, for sure. Um, you know, you you want your edge to be well protected, but at the same time, if you ask any quarterback, and, and I completely agree with you, Mike, but if you ask any quarterback, they and you say, okay, what which pressure is worse? Pressure from the A and B gap or pressure off the edge. They'll say the A and B gap all day long, right? Um, it's not to say that you're going to go try to get, you know, interior offensive linemen that are just good at pass blocking, although that's what the Packers have done. It's kind of like what Jake Shavink was saying down here in the chat. He chimed in and said, uh, Creed wasn't necessarily a better fit. That's easy to forget. Uh, I think that's a fair point because these coaching staffs, they do. They look for people that are going to fit what it is they're trying to do, right? Uh, the reason Josh Myers was so valuable, in my opinion, I think that Matt LaFleur went in saying, all right, we're going to run a lot of duo. We want someone who is uh, who is quick enough, who is uh, physically gifted enough to get to the second level on these double-doubles. And uh, he definitely fit the mold as far as the combine numbers, all those things. It's just what did we miss that he's such a bad run blocker? Because he is a horrible run blocker. There's no two ways about it. Um, and And, again, I think – with what you're saying here too, Jake, you know, not necessarily a better fit. It's easy to forget. Mike Wall said something when I talked to him about this very thing. Mike said, uh, he said, listen, Clayton, because we were talking about simplifying the offense, which or the, the run game, which, by the way, has happened. And I can't tell you how exciting. That's not to sit here and go, ha, we told you so. It's just exciting when you look at the tape, you identify the problem, you run it by a former NFL player. They go, that's what I'm seeing. And then the team does it, and you start to see a little bit of success. It's just – it's cool when the light bulb comes on and you kind of you 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 look back and go, hey, I'm not as stupid as I thought I was. All right, we're, we're catching on here a little bit. But um, what he said was, he said, listen, Clayton, great offensive lines can do anything. This isn't a great offensive line, right? So the question is, let me ask you this, Jake. What does what does Myers do, in your opinion, that was a better fit than what Creed did? If you don't care, if you're still in here. If you want to respond to that, I'd like to just get your take on it, not to create an arguing point. Just want to get your take on that, um, because for me, it's 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 a lot more simplistic than that. You know, and again, I'm not an offensive line coach. I don't scout players. Jake's way more of a scout than I am. I'm more of an information nerd and watching the tape and just trying to understand schematics and personnel and all that stuff. But uh, I'd be eager to see what your answer there again. And again, Jake, it's just real simple. Uh, what do you think uh, Creed wasn't a fit for with the Packers at the time that they drafted him? Because we would all agree this offense changes. Like Carly mentioned earlier in the chat, the NFL cyclical, Tim. I mean, it, things come and go all the time, right? Whatever's working, you got to change things up. Um, you got to you got to go back to where you started at the first of the year because now teams have caught on. They're starting to watch the tape, all that stuff. Um, Cheesehead Murph said, "Is is his college career his ceiling?" Um, there's a lot of people That's that a great that point. Yeah. There's a lot of people that applies to. I got a good friend of mine. His name's Vince. I won't give his last name. He was actually, he wasn't drafted, but he was signed by the Patriots as an undrafted free agent, came out of a small school. And uh, he played there for one year. And then when Scott Pioli went to Kansas City, he took Vince with him. 
And, uh, you know, Vince would be the first one to tell you, like, that was his ceiling. His ceiling was college. And he was just an athletic freak. He's one of those guys, Tim. Uh, he's he's 6'5", maybe 6'6". Six, six. I mean, absolutely huge. He was slim. He was an edge rusher. Uh, could play kind of hybrid linebacker, which Belichick absolutely loved. But I think that's a good point there, Cheesehead Murph. That's a good question for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I think the results would would suggest that, don't you, Tim? Yeah, yeah. and you know, it's funny. I, I, shout out to Murph, man. That's spot on because I was thinking when you were just talking about uh, what Jake had said. It's like, well, what did you know? We know why Myers was drafted. Um, why, why ultimately, why that decision was made? But you know, now we're looking at a couple seasons of of tape in the NFL and it probably doesn't look much like his college film. Right. You know, maybe, maybe he's just one of, one of these guys that were late to the party realizing that maybe he's not fully transitioned over to the NFL level with the, with the speed and the things that he needs to do. Um, but you can't, you can't play center on a, on a high caliber offense and not be able to run block. It's just, yeah. It's, in, it's it's inexcusable. I mean, you can't play offensive line and not run block, man. That should be your bread and butter, man. I mean, that's what those guys get up, eat their breakfast ready to do is go out there and shove somebody. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. That's something else Mike said, too, on the on the uh, broadcast one day with me. And, Dennis, thank you for the donation, buddy. We appreciate you, man. Um, what Mike said was, Clayton, listen, we're in the business of moving bodies. That's the goal is to move bodies. You want to get on a run blocking on a, on a run blocking play. You want to move bodies off the ball. This this offensive line's not moving bodies off the ball. I will say this several times in the chat. People have mentioned Sean Ryan. There's a couple of plays Sean Ryan moved some bodies. That was exciting, man. It was yeah. really exciting. So he's a big boy, and uh, you know he had his issues his rookie season. You know we're not going to go over that again. But I think it's important for us to realize that 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 was then. This is now. Here he is. He made it through camp. Um, he had an up and down moments through training camp, but there's a reason why he's still here and the, and the staff stuck with him. So, you know, we just might get to see a little more of him as time rolls forward here. Um, is he, is he able to play on a right side too? I'm not sure if he's left guard, right guard. Mm, I know they were, he even had a few snaps at center, I think, uh, during preseason or uh, training camp. That's a great question, man. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very simple in the, in the thought of for so long, Tim, I'm like, you know, you should be able to put a left tackle at center. You know, I had no clue, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> so um, I, I think there's a lot more to it. You know, like David Bakhtiari said, you know, going from left tackle to right tackle, you want to know what it's like. Go to the bathroom and try to wipe with the opposite hand. That's what it's like. Right. <laughs> so same thing hitting a baseball, right, you know, yep. uh, hitting with your left hand if you're a righty and, and vice versa. Uh, Robert Allen in the chat said Creed had a beer belly. Unacceptable in Green Bay. <laughs> Let's see uh, what else we got here real quick. Dennis Shook did a, a donation, so I, maybe we'll treat this like a super chat here. Um, he said, what was our best offensive line group this century? 04 to 05, 2010 to 2011, 2014 to 2015. I know what my answer is. What's yours, Tim? Do you need a minute and want me to answer first, or does anything come to mind there? Uh, well, obviously 2010 to 11 comes to mind, but mm -hmm. I, I am kind of going back and going with that. So to, let me think. 2004, I gotta, yeah, I got to pull it up. I need to know what that offensive line is. You talk for a second. The 2004 to 2005, I'm trying to think uh, who, who we still had left. That's what um, I'm pulling up right now, my man. I, I don't, um, 
let's get that roster because that might be my pick. Oh yeah, um, this is my pick. Yeah. This would be my pick. Oh yeah, dude. There's some studs here. All start, right, so. start reading the names. Let's do it. Right, <laughs> I was going to try to give you a uh, a snapshot here, but yeah, we'll just read it off. Let's go from left to right. You ready for this, Tim? Let's go. Left tackle, Chad Clifton. Yep. Left guard, Mike Wall. Yep. Uh, center, Gray Rugemer. Right guard. This is one of my favorite players all time, man. Love, I became a Packer fan when he was his career was winding down. He's still so much fun to watch. Right guard, Marco Rivera. Yes. Right tackle, Mark Tauscher. Yep. So that year, Clifton was 28. Mike Wall was 27. Gray Rugemer was 28. Marco Rivera was 32. And then Mark Tauscher was 27. That would be my pick. And, again, 2010, 2011, what I remember about those years, I don't remember us pounding the rock. I know we had James Starks, right, and he – and he did a great job filling in for an injured Ryan Grant. I believe Ryan Grant was still on the roster that year. He got hurt, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, but uh, that was a good offensive line, too. 14 and 15, I'm sure, was solid. But 0405, I, I put Mike Wall and his crew up against just about yep. anybody, man. They were that was a mean bunch, no doubt about it. That was before McCarthy came in, too, right? So uh that was back when they were still running uh, you know, the the big uh 70 what was a 71 U or whatever it was right with uh, with yeah. Kevin Barry and um what they call bacon <laughs> I love mm-hmm. it man. that's the good old days but Dennis Shook thank you for the uh the donation like we said but we appreciate you um United Bates in here gifting more memberships he's getting everybody on that wheel for set for Sunday man again guys it rain yeah just so you know uh this Sunday post game show immediately following the Packers uh Steelers game we're going to be spinning the wheel. Anyone who's a YouTube member, um, you just go to our homepage, click join. Uh, you can become a YouTube member there. And um, I think it's $2.99 for a month. And, um, of course, you can cancel it at any point. But anyone who is a member, when we spin the wheel, on, uh, it's, it's got to be by midnight Saturday night, okay, because that's going to be the cutoff. If you become a YouTube member by midnight Saturday night, we'll put you on the wheel. We're going to spin it, and we're going to give away an autographed Hall of Famer Dave Robinson, uh, Green Beckett style jersey. Uh, obviously, Dave Robinson was a linebacker for Lombardi's Packers. Uh, awesome human being, awesome guy, awesome Packers. So uh, we're going to be giving away that memorabilia. So there you go, man. Um, let's see here. He finally got it in. All right. So, oh no, this is a different question. Look at this. Dennis Shook with the super chat. What's our best O line group this century? I think that's what he was asking. Yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah, question. that was it. Okay, cool. So you got the super chat in. You didn't have to do that, Dennis, but we appreciate it, buddy. Um, Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see what Clint said. Clint said, Brian Belaga sounded like he he really liked seeing Sean Ryan last Sunday. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, Clint, it was only 15 snaps. But I got to be honest, man, when he was in there, he was moving bodies. There's no doubt about it. Let's see here. We got the offensive PFF grade here. Um, let's see where he's at. Sean Ryan, yeah, just 15 total snaps. PFF grade is 66.4. Pass blocking 75.9, run blocking 63.9. So, uh, yeah, played pretty solid, Tim. Uh, you know, we might have a something there, dude. And that's maybe maybe he'll come, you know, come out of the woodwork and break the third-round curse for us, dude, right? So That would be nice, and we need help on this line. So I'll take it. Definitely. And, and you know, if you create a little bit of depth at guard, just knowing, hey, isn't it a wild how Royce Newman started so many games and now he's at the bottom of the depth chart? It's wild, isn't it? Like. Yep. It's crazy how quick things change, but uh, all right, man, let's get out of here. I didn't see Jake jump back in with a comment. I was hoping he would respond. I seem like every time I chat with Jake, I learn something. There's no doubt about it. But uh, 
Um, yeah, he hadn't been back in yet, so it's all good. But uh, cool. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Um, what's been the deal with Ryan? Let, let's just answer this real quick. Paul Robertson said, "What's been the deal with Sean Ryan? Haven't heard anything about him really since uh, since he's been here. Sean Ryan tested positive for uh, performance enhancers, so he got suspended. Um, it sounded like he took ownership of it. He didn't try to say, "No, I was taking medicine and it popped the faults." What he basically said was, "I came in here out of shape, so I think he pretty much acknowledged that. Hey, look, I need to." Uh, I need to do something to get caught up. That's a decision he made. He owned it. So let's hope he uh, he turns it around for sure. Um, let's see. All right. <laughs> Omar jumps in here from France and says, missed the, miss the show. Damn. <laughs> hey, that's a beautiful thing about YouTube, man. Just a hey, right on that tab and slide it backwards. I do it with the McAfee show every single day. Run it um, back. Yeah. All right. And a fam said, must have missed the party. Um, hey, better late than never. Look at that. We got us a new member of the YouTube group. YouTube member of the PTA Posse, Robert Wren. Hey, welcome to the crew, man. Love that profile pick too, man. Awesome shot of Lambo there with you and the you and the lady. Um, we'll get you uh, on that wheel for the uh, the autographed Dave Robinson jersey. So nice. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Uh, appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Just want to give a special shout out to all the super chats: Josh Martin, United Bates, Mike Hebring. Um, let's see who else we got here. Dennis Shook. And like I said, Robert Wren becoming a new member of the YouTube group. Welcome to the crew, man. Really appreciate you guys and gals. Tim, parting thoughts, buddy. What you got? I know tomorrow we got Paul Brettel coming on, so he'll be on. Uh, he'll be on tomorrow for the first 20, 30 minutes. And then we'll have the crew jump in here, and and we'll uh, we'll go from learning a lot about the Packers to acting like fools, like we always do. But parting thoughts, Tim. Um, yeah, just excited for. Uh for tomorrow it's always great when paul joins the show uh get an injury report hopefully too as well we can uh dissect that um nah man that's uh pretty much it man just looking forward to this uh this matchup this weekend man pittsburgh's gonna be a big test um happy to be here um i'm gonna catch up on chalk talk i i saw you uh i was kind of like omer you know i i checked my phone finally and i looked i'm like dang he's been off for like an hour already <laughs> and i missed it and so i just you know finished doing what i was doing but i'm gonna go uh catch up on the chalk talk uh guys and gals out there make sure uh you do the same thing uh, i'm sure it's gonna be great as always clayton love when you do the film breakdowns man keep up the good work so uh that's my clothing uh closing thoughts today man thank cool. you for what you do man you're in the film room like Matt LaFleur, man. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it, man. We're we're trying to learn every day, and, and it's funny because before it was just I might do one, I might not. Now I feel obligated to do it because there's so many people expecting it. And by that obligation, I'm learning stuff every week. I couldn't tell you, man. And you'll notice, too, on this Chalk Talk specifically, I'll get halfway through a play and go, I screwed that up. That's not, tw- that's not 11, that's 12. Like, that's part of it, man, you know? Yep. And, and again, it's that's the stuff that I learn as you go back through the tape, right? Um, it's just really cool. And I, and I encourage everyone to do it. You know, don't feel like you got to listen to me do it. You guys are broad enough to do it. You guys probably know more about football than I do. It's just taking the time, sitting down, and having fun with it. And don't let anybody try to convince you to do it any other way than you want to do it. That's the big thing. There's so many people out there that are just – trying to compare and dunk on people and point, oh, you got that wrong. You did that. Who cares? Just mute them, block them, move on. Right. As long as you're learning and listening to people who have been there, done that, got the t-shirt top thing. That's all that matters for sure. So again, thanks to everyone in here. Appreciate the kind words. Seemed like it was a good show. Everybody seemed to have a good time. 
Uh, thanks to everyone in the chat. Like I said, the super chats, appreciate you guys. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.